0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish
1: Podcast. It's the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name's Sammy James and welcome to the show. Today we're going to be looking back at Fulham's 2-0 defeat to Aston Villa. In their second Premier League Summer Series match down at a thundery Orlando on Wednesday night. Uh, It was a very late night for any of you in the UK who uh, braved it, stayed up to watch it, and you certainly weren't rewarded. Did anyone actually stay up and watch that in the UK? There was a few people on Twitter. (laughs) Fair uh, fair play, fair play. Um, It was was a late one, even here. So it must have been a really late one uh, there. Uh, I'm joined today by George Cooper. Hello. Hi, Sammy. You good, man? Yeah, good. Uh, We're in New York City. Uh, We've been here for a couple of days, uh, seeing the sights. Um, It's been a, a lovely couple of days. And we watched the game last night at legends bar uh, which is right at the foot of the empire state building and the only way i can describe legends bar there must have been about like 25 fulham fans there last yeah. night but it was like a mecca of football there was just so many matches happening at once and uh, fulham probably had the biggest turnout yeah no
0: without a doubt and when you told me that we're going to the sports it's at the foot of the empire state building i was like god this place is going to be an absolute tourist trap. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was imagining just like a kind of like a Belushi's kind of, you know, wipe clean sports bar. But it was so cool. You had sporting, like really like good sporting memorabilia. They're like signed Pele shirts, like every club that you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. It was quite good. So supposedly the Fulham community in New York have uh, started going there for matches and they even play championship matches because there's so many Fulham fans and they've got this small section of the downstairs there in the bath that they called they named championship corner Mm. purely because of the turnout of the Fulham fans but that was great and yeah Fulham without a doubt had the best turnout it was weird because we were also because of the delay we were battling the uh, US national women's team yes who were playing the Netherlands yeah so we had a weird situation when we had the majority of the screens however we were battling for commentary which was obviously (laughs) not an ideal situation Um, um, but yeah, that no, was a great night. Shame about the match. But to, again, to meet so many uh, Fulham fans across the pond was something that made it a very memorable evening.
1: Yeah, it really, really was. And it was just crazy because you had like probably four or five games that people had their attentions on. So you had some Newcastle fans who were there watching the Newcastle-Chelsea match, which, which was playing in Atlanta at the same time. They were celebrating when Miguel Almiron scored. And then you had some... I think it was Flamengo was. Yeah, it was Brazil. They were playing Gremio. And I think it looked like a very important match from what I can tell. And then you had a big smattering, obviously, of uh, of US fans there as well. Um, And then you had Fulham fans. But uh, sadly, we didn't have very much uh, to cheer. Uh, George, let's get into the match. Um, Another kind of interesting lineup where... It just feels so threadbare. You had uh, Mbabu at left back. You had De I've learned how to pronounce his name, uh, at centre back. Um, And other than that, it looked fairly similar to who started the the Brentford match uh, a few days earlier. All you could really tell, though, from minute one was that it was stupidly hot there. And the quality of the game for the first kind of 40 minutes was just well, it was just non-existent, really. There was just barely any chances.
0: Yeah, every single player on that pitch looks like they've just taken a dunk in a swimming pool after about a minute of being out there. Really kind of sluggish. Uh, I remember we were chatting and it, it seemed as if the... You, I remember you said something, the person who organised... Because w- when the game got delayed by an hour and a half, like, everyone... Um, that we were chatting to the bar it was just like, oh yeah, no, like thunderstorms at this time of day are almost like a daily occurrence oh, out mm-hmm. in Florida. It just seems like maybe it was a bit of an oversight when it comes to the organisation of the tournament. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, the game suffered as a result. It wasn't particularly flowing compared to the Brentford game that was it had loads of chances. It was played at a very high pace. This was definitely turned down a few notches, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah, to your point on the squad looking threadbare, uh, a Villa friend of mine, Will, texted me afterwards saying, oh, hard luck about the result, yeah, yeah, yeah. The usual uh, post-match loss um, sort of chat between mates. But then he well, he made that comment as well. He's like, what, what has happened to your squad? Like, it's literally like a sort of a, like an under-21s sort of run out. And it, whilst it's amazing to see the youngsters come through and get a chance and, you know, prove themselves, it is slightly worrying you know, you, you want to be using this opportunity to get your starters out there. And I know we've got a lot of injuries, a hell of a lot of injuries, yeah. which is actually starting to get really concerning. Because mm-hmm. um, all of a sudden, if, you're, if you think, all oh, right, well, against Everton, we might be seeing a few of these faces back. Then, yeah, I don't know. I think we need to make some signings soon.
1: Yeah, we really, really do. Um, the best moment of the match from a Fulham perspective, George, was the uh, the penalty save from from Bert Leno. Um, it was dufour Rougerol. Who uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get there. Um, <laughs> um, who who gave away the penalty? Uh, absolutely clattered into uh, Cameron Archer. I mean, it was a. At first, I was like, no, and then I watched it back. I was like, yes, yeah. <laughs> there was no, there was no doubt. It was a penalty. It was just clumsy, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, very clumsy from the young Canadian. Who I didn't realise he's like, he's 17 years of age. Yeah. the Fuji role, which is just, I mean, wonderful to see him come through, but yeah, it was a very, I'd say quite a naive and mature tackle, but you know, you'll forgive him. He's, he's gaining that experience and best do it now while it's a, a friendly situation than on the, on the, on the big stage. I mean,
1: he contributes to the best moment of the match from a Fulham perspective, because super burnt Leno in goal. That is a brilliant, some penalty saves, you know, all penalty saves are good. Yeah. right. You always will credit a goalkeeper whenever they make a save, but some penalty saves, you're like, Okay you you had to give about 70% effort there. You've played in goal a lot yeah. of your life. That's unreal because that was going in the side netting.
0: Yeah, full stretch, every part of his body is off the floor. It like the timing, the leap, the decision making. It that was a world. You don't see saves better than that. No. It had everything. It was yeah, it was it was sublime. It was really really and people have uh, criticized Ian on his penalty saving which I think is a bit of a Bit of a know, funny said, thing. Have, have they to...
1: criticised? I well, think if, it, was, it if, was just a noted thing that he hadn't had one until the Leicester game.
0: Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, yeah, it was it was quite simply incredible, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I I, I love having burnt between the sticks. You just feel like you have an extra like twenty percent chance when you have Leno in goal, don't you? Yeah.
0: Another note: if if anyone gets to watch the highlights after he pulls off that worldly of a save. And it's so burnt Leno. He was just like, so like cold and like stoic. He just <laughs> stood up and was just like, yeah, what? <laughs> like some keepers you see just go absolutely. But like Martinez, if he'd have pulled that off, he'd be screaming in their face and whatnot. Going oh yeah. Crazy. He'd, have fa- he'd
1: have found the summer series trophy and uh, <laughs> yeah, started to pretend to shag it. Right? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. like, like, <laughs> Leno was just classy, like stood up, just like, yeah, I'm the, on the G. It was, it was great. That was, the, that was the biggest cheer that we, uh, that we got a legends bar for sure. Yeah,
1: it really was. Uh, And then, um, sadly, Villa did take the lead um, shortly afterwards. Uh, Philogene kind of came in for the right wing. I mean, look, it's a friendly game. I'm not going to like hound players out for making mistakes. It was also about 100 degrees, so easy to make mistakes. But uh, just Mbappe on the left. I mean he's there out of necessity and I, I don't think Marco Silva was looking at it as a serious option for the season. We know that he's not very good on the left, but to know that was a bit naive defending just to let your man come in front of you like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was just poor communication really, wasn't it? And and lost his man. There's not really much more to say about it. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it seemed like a really soft goal and it, at first I was like is that um, is it was it Diop who was the nearest center back to him? it was a bit of a mix up coming behind and it was just, yeah, it was, it was, it was, just a was bit well stuffy. finished though,
1: wasn't it? Yeah, like, he took
0: it well. He took it well. And the timing of the run was brilliant as well. He did, uh, you know, everything that he was supposed to do in that, in that, um, situation. However, yeah, if, if you're conceding that in the Premier League, you're like, that's a, that's a soft goal.
1: We thought we'd equalized, um, Vinny, uh, headed one in just before half time. Again, a big, a big roar from, from legends bar, but, uh, Bobby decadova Reed had strayed offside. Not that um, Peacock, uh, the uh, the TV channel in the US, fancied showing us a replay, um, which was a little bit annoying at the time because we were just there, like, was it offside? I don't know. We're not going to do a replay for that one. Okay, fine. Let's move on. Yeah, so, it, was,
0: it was strange. And you had another bugbear because there was a there was a Harry Wilson chance which was just not showed again either on the telly or in the highlights. That yeah, <laughs> Sammy is... thinks that he's going mad because I don't remember this, but yeah, Sammy... no, it
1: definitely happened. So. I, I imagine a lot of you in the UK wouldn't have stayed up and watched it. Wouldn't blame you. You missed nothing. Um, you might then have gone on the Fulham YouTube or something and watched the four or five minute highlights. There is a chance straight before Villa scored the second where Harry Wilson effectively gets played through on goal. It's actually a Villa defender who, um, who misses the ball. It shouldn't really have rolled all the way through to Wilson. And he's not central on goal. He's slightly to the right of it. Um, but had both corners to aim at and a player of Harry Wilson's quality should have buried it. He kind of shinned it and it went nowhere near. Um and it just doesn't make the highlights cut. So and and it was honestly it was the next attack Villa went through and scored within a minute of of, of that happening. So it was actually a little bit of a sucker punch. And before that, um George, um Vinny missed a good chance. Yeah. I, it's he does well with the header but also at the same time, you've got to be bearing to that, pal.
0: Yeah, it's like for me, this was the best chance of the game. Um, he times his run perfectly, he times his jump perfectly, and then the header is just goes over the bar. For me, he's got to be at least hitting the target there. It would have been a really good goal had it gone in, but you've got you've to be hitting that on target. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, well, what did you think of Vinny's performance overall yesterday? I
1: thought he's looking lively and bright and he's and he's much more involved in the game. And I think that was a big problem last year was that he went missing and you were just mm. like, where are you, Vinny? Come on, come back, come. There was a moment like I think in the first half and I know it was a small, completely innocuous moment where he, he came to get the ball and he actually ended up kind of around the defenders. And I was like... Well done, Vinny. Like, that's how Marcus Silva wants to play. You need to like strengthen up, bulk up. You need to, if you're going to, especially if you're going to have to deputize for Mitrovic until we sign a replacement, or if he is our replacement, one, two things are possible. Um, you need to be a little bit more than a good fox in the box striker, which I think is previously what he's been used to. Yeah, And he's certainly been linking up the play better. So... I think it's positive. I can forgive him for missing a header. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, he scored. A good go- he scored a, go- a good goal in the first game. He was close in on a lot of occasions. He actually did bury that chance. That and it wasn't him that was offside um, in the first half. So I think mostly it's it's positive yeah. with, uh, with with Vinny. But you know, it would have just been nice for him to get that goal.
0: It goes on to. Um, I was chatting with a, with a few people at Legends, and they were we were discussing. So obviously going into this season, Marcus Silva and the season prior, Marcus Silva has built this team around Mitrovic. Yeah. Do you think that from here, we try and sign basically a like for like, or do you think Marco adapts his playing style to accommodate, I don't know, whoever the target is, or perhaps Vinicius, who we've got at the moment. Where do you see this Fulham attack going now that it's looking like Mitrovic's departure is all but certain? I think... um, I think they came in with another bid that's likely to be accepted, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. what I read this morning. Um, yeah. But yeah, where, where do you think we go from here?
1: I think it will allow Marco to have some flexibility. I think that the way that we played with the, I don't know, it was genius what Marco came up with, and it was able, able to effectively make this kind of box of players that he didn't really choose when he first came in work because he had players like Wilson, Carvalho, Cabano, buzzy little wingers, fast, nimble, and then he kind of had this big beast of a striker who didn't really fit that mold up with yeah. them. And and I think and and Parker clearly struggled to ever make that work and that's why he used Cavallera up front because he wanted like players that would Um, close down and press and all of that and Mitrovic's press actually isn't that bad but he he created a system that worked around Mitrovic I guess if you take away Mitrovic away then it gives Marco potentially some some different options I imagine that we're not just going to go and be like right we have to find a player in the exact mould of Mitrovic to make our system work I imagine that Marco might be like well you know this opens up a world of possibilities Mm. like we've got to see the excuse the pun, silver linings of, of Mitrovic going. And so, especially if we can bring in a striker of real caliber, use the money. Like I, I think Marco, obviously he'll have been really annoyed by all of this and he would want to keep Mitrovic plan A, but I'm sure Mark at the same time is, is thinking, well, you know, like if I, if I have to, then, then I'm not necessarily just going to go and find Mitrovic light. I'm going to go and find someone that like I, that is is a top quality striker. There's different ways to to put the jigsaw together.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it is ex- turning on his head. is quite exciting, really, because now, as you say, it opens up multiple possibilities. We could perhaps even invest that money getting two strike options. I don't know. And then yeah, well, we can't. Get I, guess we,
1: I guess we already have. Like with Raúl Jiménez. Like, yeah, you know, we brought him in, and so you've got Jiménez. You've got Vinicius. So. I guess possibly we are going to see something which is a little bit more dynamic, a bit more fluid. Like, and I—it's hard to know if the Jimenez signing has anything to do with Mitrovic. That's the one thing I'm not sure of. If, if the—if Mitrovic wasn't going to al Halal and that wasn't, was Jimenez coming anyway? Mm. That's the only. That's that's kind of a bit of an if for me because a lot of people have said like, "Oh, Jimenez is coming to replace Mitrovic," and I'm like. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it doesn't feel... And it always was quite quick as well. Like, Fulham have obviously not just, like, seen a graphic of Mitrovic and al Thought, Who do we get? Jimenez. I'm, I'm going to guess that Jimenez was a target for longer yeah. than the Saudi interest has come in. So, yeah, I, I'm fascinated to see where it goes with this. It does open up a, a, a sea of opportunity. Speaking of Jimenez, um, he did briefly... Uh, come on, make his debut. He made his way out to uh, Orlando straight after signing. I mean, he didn't do anything, George. Like he didn't have time. Um, I mean, he had a couple of touches. It looked neat. It looked good. Um, but yeah, what what are your thoughts on the signing now he's here? Um, now he's here, I'm excited. At first, when I first heard this, I was a bit like, oh, you know, he didn't do too well at Wolves. But I guess that you're always going to get this a little bit of a new signing. But it, I, I do just wonder if, are we maybe just going to squeeze out the last remaining juice out of, out of Raul Jimenez? Is a fresh start going to help him?
0: Yeah. I'm really now excited about this signing. It all became real when we saw the video that the club put up of him being introduced to all the players. Like, okay, right, let's go. And let's not forget Fulham have had a very rich vein of form when it comes to getting the last little bit out of players. You know, we've seen it with William. We have seen it going back a bit further with Damien Duff, you know, players who maybe have a bit of a point to prove Mm -hmm. come to Fulham. I mean, you could even argue that with Marco Silva. Like it's a club where we kind of have a, have form in restoring players' reputations. And let's not forget. We're
1: like football's rehab.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. We are the priory, which ironically is (laughs) probably the closest club is Fulham. Um, Yeah, we are, we are the Premier League priory. There you go. But yeah, obviously it was the injury that, that kind of um, maybe meant that he lost his, lost his way a little bit, but, yeah, let's have at it. Let's have at it, I think. And also, I, I think it's really exciting that hopefully we're going to be welcoming uh, a few sort of Mexican fans to the, to the fan base, which should be quite fun.
1: Yeah, hola to our new Mexican fans. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We, we have been warned by a few people that, uh, I think particularly on YouTube but, um, and, and on Twitter and social media platforms, we are, we are about set to be swarmed by Mexican fans yeah. who, who love Raul.
0: So, yeah. Um I mean I have to say when we um when we were out in the World Cup Last year, the Mexican fans were amazing. Yeah. They were so good. I'm hoping to see a few mariachi bands uh, in the in the in the Riverside stand. Maybe yeah.
1: <laughs> why not? Let's uh, let's make them feel welcome. Let's have a big uh, like Mexican party on the uh, on the Stevenage Road before before games and stuff. Yes. So, um, some, yeah, some sombreros that might might give a whole new dimension to the uh,
0: restricted view. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited. I think that I mean he's obviously a player of quality. Look at the clubs that he's played for: Benfica, Atletico.
1: Um, and the money that Wolves paid for him. They yeah. paid 38 million euros to get him. So I think it's one of those sightings for me that it's a bit of a risk. It might not pay off, but in this kind of climate, 5 million is not a risk. Yeah,
0: it's, it's shrewd, I'd say. It's, if, you know, if it doesn't work out, then we've not, it won't be like, oh yeah, that was a flop. It's not yeah. like flop territory. It's a, it's a roll of the dice and... I'm I'm I think it could come
1: good. Uh I, one more thing I wanted to say on the Villa game is that I thought Jay Stansfield came on uh, and looked really, really sharp. Again, I was a bit disappointed with um uh, his two attempts on goal because I think he should have done slightly better with both of them. Um and I think almost what Stansfield needs is a goal at this point just to kind of like Give him some extra confidence boost. However, he should get a confidence boost from the way he came on and played because I thought he was really good. Luke Harris also. Sorry, uh, sorry. I just
0: said so, I, I would argue that the second Jay Stansfield chance was very good defending. Yes, because initially I thought he just ballooned it over the bar, and then the replay showed that it was actually a very, very, very good tackle. And
1: got... yeah, I, I would argue though that there was an element of like a bit more anticipation and stuff from from Stansfield, and, and maybe that tackle doesn't happened but look i'm not here like slating i i thought it was really really good i was just dis. i was just i was i was sad that it, it didn't happen luke harris actually probably came the closest to scoring mm. last night forced a brilliant save out of martinez you got to give him some credit but yeah yeah i'm i'm just happy to be seeing Harris and stansfield get proper minutes. And I know we've seen De Fugerold and like, it's fantastic, but I don't expect to see him really anywhere near the first team. I think he is there out of necessity because we've just got no centre-backs at the moment. Mm. But, Stansfield and Harris, I feel like, as we, as as last season, I think they'll get more than just cup appearances.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's about time, really, isn't it? I feel like with Jay, it's kind of like, now or never this season. If he's not, in around the, the fringes or making some appearances, then you'd think that, you know, a player of his quality might start to look elsewhere. But it was great to see him. He did look sharp, as you said. Um, I think there's a bright future for um, the as well. Yes. It's, I mean, 17 years old. And there was something in the Telegram that really made me laugh. It was like, it's the most Fulham thing ever that we've signed a centre-back that sounds like an hors d'oeuvre you buy at Waitrose. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's One of the
1: one of lots of amazing names in the uh in the Fulham academy yeah uh, coming yeah through no well, well done to Luke uh, i thought obviously like look a bit of a mistake for the penalty etc but an assured performance and playing at that high level will uh, will do him some good and yeah i mean we had um a lot of comments and and you touched on it briefly earlier George about the location of Orlando for for this match and I don't know. There's something about this Premier League summer series which has been really successful over, uh, like, and it feels like it's actually made a, a serious impact over here. And what there is lots of um, football competing for attention yeah. over here because United and Arsenal are over here doing tours and stuff. But the Premier League summer series really feels like it has captured attention over here. I, I just think it was a shame that that match was in Orlando. You saw the two other matches, which were at Atlanta's awesome stadium last night, and I think probably they were thinking, "Oh, well, we need we need to show the love to to all states here." But from a logistical point of view, it just feels like Orlando was was a weird choice, and, and I wouldn't necessarily have thought that coming here as a as as a Brit. I wouldn't really have known that, but every American you speak to out here barring probably the ones that are in florida listening to this getting annoyed by us right now but orlando in particular there's nothing against florida but orlando in particular seems like an odd choice given the fact it's basically just a city built for disney world and that yeah it's it's not necessarily a a great location for putting on an event like
0: this Mm, i can't i can't i've never been to orlando i don't know an awful lot about it other than um disneyland as you mentioned but yeah, as I said earlier, every single um, or a lot of people that we spoke to were like, Yeah, this that was a that was a real weird choice, to be honest. You think of all the other amazing amazing stadiums and cities that the summer series has visited and we were the only ones playing in orlando yesterday yeah
1: we're we're the only game which makes it even stranger yeah because i mean atlanta's got a great stadium there are i mean a lot of people are saying last night you know what about the the, where the the new york red bulls are playing there's only one match which is on friday there there's nothing north up in boston or anything like that in the summer series so the learnings i mean it'd be interesting to see if they do carry this on next year, the Premier League, because it's been really impressive. Like, And the branding of it all and stuff has been looked really good. You'd imagine that this is maybe a blueprint that the Premier League will look at and go, yeah, we, we could do this every year. Whether Fulham gets the invite again remains to be seen, but... Well,
0: you can just tell with the enthusiasm that... I know we weren't at the stadium yesterday, but just in the States, people are, like, really excited to be able to see their team play. And I imagine that the clubs that have participated have gained a lot of new supporters through it. Yeah. So in that regard, it's obviously been, I feel, been a huge success. But... Yeah, hopefully they come back next year or they we could see a situation where they try and, you know, tap into another, you know, emerging market, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, but
1: it feels like an opportunity for clubs like Fulham because obviously Manchester United and Arsenal can do their own tours and they probably don't need the Premier League. But clubs at the size of, well, all the clubs in it, barring maybe Chelsea, who probably could do their own thing. Um, we, you know, you're not going to get a Brentford USA summer tour that that's selling out arenas and selling out the atlanta stadium and and you know 50 selling out the philly eagles stadium by themselves so it's great to have this tournament that allows the clubs within it to kind of have a structure and the games out here feel as close to premier league matches as you as it is possible to get whilst acknowledging that it is a friendly and and each manager on the sidelines has looked like they want to win, disappointed when we concede, etc. Like it it feels as close to the real thing as you're going to possibly get.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You see Marco on the sidelines yesterday, he looked like, you know, we were going into the <laughs> dying embers of the season and desperate for three points. Yeah. The players are taking it seriously, players are celebrating. Up, up from last night's game, so I believe um Brighton Beach uh, Brentford 2-0. Yeah. I didn't uh, we sort of caught the sort of end of it but um it didn't look like the most exciting game in the world and neither did us but other than that the games have all been really really exciting high scoring fast paced um yeah it's been a brilliant advert it really has
1: all right we'll take a break there we'll look ahead to sunday's game and do some transfer tittle tattle part two of the fulhamish podcast is sammy here with george cooper in america And we are looking ahead to Sunday's final game of the Premier League Summer Series. Um, I'm absolutely gutted. I can't make it down to to DC, George. Yeah, I'm
0: gutted you're not coming, man. um, It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, but you're going to be there. um, I shall. And you'll be doing a podcast uh, with me after the game. Um, It's going to be hot. That's all we've been told. Yeah. Um, The game, uh, so Fulham versus chelsea is the second game it's two forty-five p.m local time and um i mean great for the uk audience to be able to watch it it'll be a nice time it'll be about well that's uh quarter to eight in the evening that, yeah that sounds idyllic for us being able to watch it back in the uk but
0: nice sunday evening viewing you know
1: that's gonna be hot
0: yeah, I didn't realise that DC was so... It was built on a swamp, which yeah. I never knew. Um, Dane from Fulham DC informs me. And yeah, we thought it was hot in New York. It's probably early 30s here. Yeah, um, In DC, it's that and some and humidity. humidity. So it's going to be very unpleasant. I imagine that the players aren't going to be too happy. There's to be a lot of uh, cooling breaks, as they call it here yes. in the States. But yeah, I mean... There's only one thing to do when it's that hot: is uh, a few nice cold beers in the tailgate before uh, before the game.
1: Yes, and uh, Dane from Fulham DC uh, texted me the details of the uh, of the DC tailgate. Um, so they're going to be meeting at uh, about nine a.m. Uh, they'll be <laughs> nice. The, they'll be at the FedEx. Um, they're waiting on confirmation on the exact lot. But uh, if you follow the Fulham DC Twitter, and also if you're just there on the day, look out for the Fulham flags. Yeah, uh, and you will find the uh, the Fulham DC. So yeah, it's gonna be an early start, George. You're gonna have to get your forty wings in on Saturday and get yourself ready for a nine AM tailgate.
0: Yeah, man, early night, definitely. It's, it's sort of gonna have that feel of an uh, an away day, getting a train to King's Cross and uh, <laughs> getting getting stuck in early. But it's quite good because obviously the the Philly uh, tailgate was just you know one of the one of the best days I've had this year. It was so much fun, mm. and the DC boys, although they may not admit this they were like scouting out like okay so the bar's been set now with this yeah. amazing Philly today now they know what they've got to uh what, what they're competing with but that'll be a great day it'll be good to see some uh some more Fulham fans there I'm very much looking forward to it
1: yeah no it's gonna be um an awesome day really really disappointed and um uh, I mean so the summer series we're, we've been talking all the way through like how exactly are they uh scoring this how how are they working out it makes um, no sense i mean i've got the league table here but obviously it's a weird league table because we don't play every team within it um currently fulham are fourth um but aston villa are first on four points chelsea are second on four points but a bit less goal difference and then it's brighton and fulham each on um three points Points, but Brighton have got a better goal difference. Newcastle have two points because they've got two draws. Brentford on bottom with two defeats. We love to see it. Um, <laughs> I mean, in 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 theory, um, yeah, a win against Chelsea and we and we might lift a trophy, George.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just absolute bollocks to be honest. <laughs> how you can have a league, or how you can have a league in which you don't play everyone. Like, but yet it's not a knockout tournament and yet there's still a winner at the end of it. I'm sorry, it should. It doesn't make any sense. I'm thinking of that like, you know, that um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, Pepe Silver meme trying, oh, to, yeah. trying to work out like what, how you get points and whatnot. But I mean, yeah, a, a trophy would be nice. We're still in with a shot. I mean, like, I just really want to beat Chelsea. That would be, you know, I feel like I've waited all my life to view that moment at the Craven Cottage it wasn't at the 2001 game it was probably a bit too, I was too young if we could do it twice in the same year that would be uh, that would be one for the books wouldn't
1: it it would be nice to be, beat them in uh, beat them in America even so, if yeah. it's a
0: friendly it would still be sweet
1: yeah so the rest of the games um, Brighton play Newcastle on Friday at the Red Bull Arena um, here up in New Jersey uh, which uh, we talked about and then it's uh, Villa Brentford at midday um, at the FedEx Field uh, in uh, in DC, and then Fulham play uh, Chelsea at two forty-five. So uh, we'll remain to see, um, yeah, who comes out on top in the uh, the world's most pointless um league but hey we'll uh we'll take a trophy beggars cannot be choosers at this point
0: what obscene gesture do you think um martinez will do with the trophy if, if aston villa claim
1: i i hate i, I hate to imagine
0: <laughs> he's gonna we actually he's gonna need, have his we, dirty way with that, we actually with that need silverware to,
1: we need to support brentford just actually for this one just so that martinez never gets his hand on another trophy again <laughs> ever um th- I mean, George. Um, transfer wise, um, it's it's been um, quietish for a couple of days. However, um, Calvin Bassi to Fulham. Here we go. Official from Fabrizio Romano uh, just four hours ago. Actually, um, 21 million euro fee, um, which if what we have heard earlier in the week is true, that might mean that Mohamed Salahsu isn't coming to Fulham. So potentially it was just that Salahsu was option number two. Uh, seems like Bassi's option number one, and it seems pretty imminent um, that uh, that he'll be at Fulham. Doubt he'll probably make it out to the U.S. I imagine First, yeah. glimpse, first glimpse of him might be the Hoffenheim friendly in uh, in ten days' time.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, as we've been told that it's it was either either or from a Fulham perspective, wasn't it? So, mm. I would suggest that maybe we're gonna put the brakes on the Salisu um, deal, but you know, you never know. We had a bit accepted as what I've what we've been told for Salisu. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe if we're having big money coming in from Mitrovic, you'd be like, I oh, might as well bolster up the squad, but. I mean it's all speculation at this point isn't it
1: Yeah um looks like um Monaco have put together a bid um for Tosin Adarabio 5 million euros which uh, seems like a little bit of a desire first offer from uh, from Monaco. There's no way surely Fulham are going to accept five when I think we value at least £10 million um, on, on Tosin. So it feels like Monaco are just... But then again, you can see it from Monaco's point of view. They're like, right, the player said they want to leave. You're signing other players in order to kind of replace him. So... Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna just throw money at you here.
0: Yeah, I mean we've kind of laid our cards on the table a little bit there, but I mean I'm sad to see Tosin go. I really am. Um, as I said lot like on the last pod, I feel like my first preference would have been try to get him to convince convince him to stay, but obviously that's not happening. Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just a matter of time with that one, really.
1: Yeah, it it feels just like a a disappointing situation that's going to end. I think that, like, Tosin to Monaco, like, I think is a good move for Tosin. I think he'll enjoy that. And I think... It didn't feel like there was any natural Premier League fits. Obviously, Spurs were linked, but I just—I never thought that Spurs were actually ever going to seriously buy um, Tosin. I feel like a move to Ligue 1 um, will we'll, we'll suit all parties, but yeah, we're going to need a lot more than uh, than €5 million, Euros, um, surely. Um, a word on injuries, George. We've heard conflicting things. I heard that Polini's injury is quite serious and that he went to see a specialist in jacksonville yeah um, to, to look at his shoulder i mean they're in florida and obviously jacksonville jaguars are much more used to dealing with shoulder injuries than fulham's physios however um we hear from uh, fulhamish listener ari who was in florida staying at the hotel with the fulham team that uh Pelina hopes to be back for everton so long and short of it is no one really knows what's going on right now, because we thought we had some good intel on the, on the Polinia injury being more serious, which obviously was worrying. But then kind of seems like Ari's heard that from the horse's mouth in Florida. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But I'm, I'm going to really hope that Ari's right. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I resigned because, yeah, the, the intel that we got that it was bad. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's all speculative. I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see uh, who's starting at Goodison Park. But well, there's certainly not been any communication from the club, so it is all just hearsay at the moment.
1: And yeah, I think on the transfer. Talk obviously there's always speculation and different players um, being linked, but there doesn't feel like a huge amount to uh, to move on. Uh, Callum hudson odoi though, those rumours uh, picked up a little bit again. Um, Fulham still kind of in the driving seat to, to sign hudson odoi but uh, not met the asking price yet, and that's from uh, Ed Aaron's of the Guardian, um, who's uh, who's often a pretty so- uh, trusted source, particularly uh, with Chelsea news as well. So remains to be seen. Look. Looks like there's going to be a lot more uh, transfer developments pretty quickly over the next few days. Um, that'll do for today. Um, before we finish, we do need to uh, name uh, today's podcast. Uh, we got a few three word reviews from our uh, friends in the Fulhamish community. Oliver Samuels said, "Academy by necessity." Sam Fuchs said, "Legends at Legends." Uh, Sam was at the <laughs> Legends Bar uh, last night. Uh, David, David Kettlehake said, "Villainous squad depth." Um, I really like this one. Well, I've got inspired by this one from Andre Bazile, who said, "Mickey Mouse Club." Obviously, given where the game was last <laughs> night. Yeah, that's good. That's good. But I, I, I feel like we should go call it the Mickey Mouse Cup. I was going to say, oh, well, maybe give me food for that. I was going to say Mickey Mouse match because it was all a little bit comical the way that it got delayed and stuff like that. Plus, obviously, uh, I think that's I think that's brilliant. Three M's. So, Andre, we've slightly adapted your three word review. We're going to go for Mickey Mouse match. Uh, the next podcast will be what um, we'll record it. Up on Sunday, we'll try and get it up by uh, Monday morning UK time. Uh, be me back in the UK. George in Washington DC uh, reflecting on that final Premier League summer series match. Um, George, I'm sorry to leave you, but safe trips DC.
0: Yeah, I'm sad you're not coming along, mate. But you know, I'll um, I'll try and make up for your absence, and very much looking forward to uh, to the match. Can I also just say, um, shout out to Simon and his son uh, who yesterday. Um after the game, we got chatting, obviously we're talking shop and talking Fulham and whatnot. And um, we were right on the foot of the Empire State Building. And the, we hadn't had, we've obviously had a bit of a whistle stop tour here. And the, I mentioned that I hadn't had a chance to go up a all building. And he just said, You fancy doing it? I was like, yeah. Anyway, we had this magic pass and just zipped us right up to the top of the Empire State Building. It was yeah. uh, it was honestly like an unforgettable experience. So shout out to Simon, man, really appreciate uh, really appreciate you doing that. It was yeah, epic. Fulham
1: fans in high places, Fulham fans helping <laughs> up our other Fulham fans. Uh, yeah. It was a very unexpected trip to the to the top <laughs> of the Empire State, and um, yeah, we were we were super grateful to see uh, the Big Apple, um, and it was absolutely beautiful as you can imagine. All right, uh, that'll do for today's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll speak to you on Monday. Come on, you whites. You whites.